Welcome to the SharePoint Maven podcast. If you are an end user, power user, or administrator frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes happening in SharePoint Online and Office 365, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, you can expect easy, insightful, and actionable steps that will help you correctly set up and adapt to SharePoint and Office 365. And now, your host, Greg Zelfand. Hello, this is Greg from SharePoint Maven, and welcome to episode number three. I hope you and your family are well and safe uh, in this uh, scary times. Today, I would like to do something different uh, in terms of the topic. Uh, today, uh, instead of focusing on a single topic, I'm going to focus on a select few topics. And the topics I would like to focus on are actually questions from the field, questions that I receive frequently from my clients, from my loyal blog followers. So today we're going to be talking about sites, document libraries, and metadata. Uh, specifically, I want to cover uh, the three questions that I kind of handpicked. And again, these are the questions that I did not come up with. These are the real questions that I receive uh, on a regular basis from my uh, blog followers and clients. And the questions I chose for this particular episode are, Number one, how many SharePoint sites should we have in our environment? How do we know when to create a new site? Question number two, once we create a site, how do we know how many document libraries to create? And question number three, do we need to utilize metadata? How do we make a decision on whether to stick with folders or utilize metadata? So these are the three questions I will cover today. And I would like to start with question number one, how many sites, how many sites should we have in our environment, how do we know when to create a new site? Before we can answer this question, first, we all need to be on the same page and understand what a site is. A site is essentially a workspace in SharePoint Online environment. All right, it's a workspace where you organize certain content. Unlike other cloud-based file sharing uh, solutions out there, what's unique about SharePoint is that we have this concept of sites. And again, the site is essentially a workspace, and a workspace can contain document libraries where we store documents. It can contain other web parts, calendars, uh, task lists, issue logs, uh, news widgets, etc. Uh, I always use the analogy of uh, office space, right? In your office, you have different rooms, each with its uh, own objective and security. So you have kitchenette, you have a conference room, you have all the different types of rooms. Same idea in SharePoint. Same idea in SharePoint, we essentially have all of these different rooms, workspaces, if you will. And the reason why we need to create a new workspace, there are a few reasons, uh, but the primary reason obviously would be the unique content, all right, that you have and unique security. And the reason is because in SharePoint, we set security at the site level. Now we can set it on a granular level. We can actually set security on the library, folder, or even file level, but that's not very practical. Uh, the idea is that I set up security at the site level. And if I allow you into my site, you will have access to anything the site has to offer. All the pages on the site, all the document libraries on the site, all the widgets, uh, all the web parts I have on the site. So if you need a guideline when to create a new site in SharePoint, uh, the answer would be essentially every time you have unique content and most importantly, unique security, go ahead and create a new site. The new philosophy that we now have 
uh, in SharePoint is the more sites, the better. If you think about this, it's almost like site is a new folder, all right? Just like we have lots and lots of folders, we have lots and lots of sites. Even if you're a small business, you will have lots and lots of sites. Even if you're a small business, you will still have lots and lots of sites. And it's not uncommon to have multiple sites for, let's say, even a single department, right? Each with its own unique uh, security content, uh, look and feel, etc. If you have a separate project, go ahead and create a new site. Now, I'm not saying that you should create a site for every little thing. If you have a project and you just need to store like five, 10 documents and that's all you care about, it would be best if you just create a folder. But the idea behind the site approach is that you have other widgets or other web parts available that you might need to manage your project, right? Because you might want to provide a description on the project. That's why we have a SharePoint page on the site. You might want to post some news about a particular project. Uh, that's why we have the news web part. You might want to maybe organize events. Uh, we have a calendar web part, the task list, and so on. And not to mention that it's so easy to create a site in SharePoint Online these days, right? You just go to the SharePoint start page, you create a team site, boom, you have a site. If you go to Microsoft Teams, you create a new team in Teams. Well, guess what? Because it's tied to an Office 365 group, it automatically creates a SharePoint site. The same happens if you create a new plan from Planner. The same happens if you create a new group from Outlook. So you might not even know sometimes, but behind the scenes, every time, let's say, again, you create a new team, a SharePoint site is created. So you will always end up with lots and lots of sites, whether you want it or not. And again, the idea behind sites is that it's very scalable when you have a team site and especially a site that is connected to an Office 365 group and Teams and Planner and Outlook. Uh, besides the SharePoint site and its web parts, you also have all these other apps tied together as well. So to summarize this, anytime you have unique security, anytime you have unique content, go ahead and create a new site. Just a real life example, I would like to give you every organization, large or small, has an HR department. Sometimes you need to share information with uh, everyone, right? Like policies and employee handbooks and news and announcements, etc. And sometimes you obviously want to keep information private, right? And have you know employee reviews and salary information and employee files that need to be accessible just by an HR team. It wouldn't be a wise decision to set up just one site because at that point you just need to start breaking inheritance and creating unique permissions for libraries, folders, and you know try hiding stuff. It's insane. You will not be able to manage that. So the best practice in this case would be to create two sites. One for employees, let's say you could have an HR employee site, a communication site that will be intended for everyone. So it's a site that will be managed by an HR team, but will be accessible uh, as a read-only uh, by everyone else within the organization. And then you would also need to create a second site, an HR team site. It could be a team site um, connected to an Office 365 group and teams. And this would be, of course, a private site that would only be accessible by an HR team. And this way, you don't need to worry about security. You don't need to worry about hiding content. Everything you throw in the HR employee site will be seen by everyone. And everything that goes to the HR team site will only be seen by the HR team. And you don't need to worry that somehow, accidentally, the content will be shared by those who do not need to see it. So to summarize this, the more sites, the better. Every time you have unique security and unique content, 
go ahead and create a new site. So hopefully that answers this question. The second question I want to tackle is related to document libraries. Now that we created a site, how many document libraries shall we create? So let me answer this question for you. First, let's again make sure we all understand what a document library is. A document library is essentially an electronic filing cabinet. Just like in your office, if I were to come into your office, I'm sure you have lots and lots of file and cabinet. And what do you have inside of those file and cabinets? Files and folders. You have folders and then some paperwork, some invoices or resumes or whatever it is that you store in your file and cabinet. Well, a document library is essentially an electronic file and cabinet. It's a web part on a SharePoint site that allows us to organize files and folders. Now, by default, when you create a new site, whether it's a communication site or a team site, you already have one document library. Every site has a document library automatically created for you. It's called documents and you can always see it embedded on the page. It also creates a link for you to it uh, from the site. So uh, you can go ahead and start uploading documents there. So the big question is how many document libraries you should have? Should you dump everything into this one document library or should you create additional document libraries for your content? Now, what really will help us answer this question, how many document libraries you should have, is volume of information, volume of documents. And I'm not talking about the gigabytes of documents. I'm talking about the number of documents you will have or plan to have in the document library. Now, there is no magic number. There is no magic number that I can tell you that, hey, if you go above this limit, your library will stop working or something like that. Actually, it will not. Uh, for those of you who used SharePoint in the past, all the versions of SharePoint, you probably recall the famous 5,000 item limit. And we always were telling you never exceed 5,000 items in a library. This is no longer the case with modern SharePoint. This is really not uh, the hard limit anymore. Uh, modern libraries can accommodate lots and lots of items. With that being said, you, you still don't want to go crazy with the number of files. I mean, look, you're not supposed to utilize SharePoint like a file share. So essentially don't create one site, one library, and then migrate your whole network drive to that poor single document library. Uh, because at that point, you will end up with um, maybe a few hundred thousand documents in a single library. And while you still be able to utilize it, it will be, just become unmanageable. It will be impossible for you to execute searches and find stuff just because there are so many documents. You will start having issues with synchronization uh, and not to mention just navigating through the very, very deep folder hierarchy in this one library will be a pain. I usually tell my clients not to go above you know, 20, 30,000 items in a library. And by the way, what I mean by the item is either a file or folders. So let's say you have a library with uh, five folders and then 10 documents inside of these folders. Well, then the total number of items in this library is 15. So when I say 5,000 items or 20,000 items in a library, it already counts both files and folders. Again, there is no magic number, uh, but volume is what really determines uh, whether or not you should create a new library. Just like in the real world, look, if you have a file and cabinet in your office, right, I'm sure you could stuff lots and lots of papers in there. But if you stuff with lots and lots of papers, uh, it just will be impossible for you to find stuff. So what do you do uh, in real world? 
in real world, you probably buy another filing cabinet, maybe a few filing cabinets, and nicely organize stuff inside of those filing cabinets. Same idea in SharePoint. There is no limit on document libraries. Just go ahead and create a few document libraries. If you are migrating 50,000, 60,000 documents, let's say, from your file shares, well, create two or three document libraries on your site and just move all the files and folders into respective libraries. Now, in some cases, even if you have a small number of documents to migrate, uh, let's say, to a library, you might still need to create a brand new library. Let me explain. Uh, if you're using Microsoft Teams, every time you create a new team, it creates a SharePoint site behind the scenes. And every time you create a new channel in Microsoft Teams, it actually creates a folder on a SharePoint site that is connected to the team in a default document library called Documents. So if you have, let's say, five channels, five, 10 channels in Microsoft Team, if you navigate to the SharePoint site that is connected to the team and navigate to the default document library called Documents, you will see uh, five or 10 folders uh, essentially having the same name as the channels. And this is where the files are stored. The ones you upload to channel and teams, the files actually end up in those folders in a SharePoint site, in a document library on the SharePoint site connected to Teams. So you will have a general folder. You will have you will have all the other folders uh, for the channels that you have in Microsoft Teams. So what that means is that let's say you're migrating your file shares to SharePoint and you decided to offload some of those documents to that particular site. Well, guess what? It might not be practical for you to migrate it to this default library. Why? Because it already uh, splits the content by channels, all right? How you communicate within the Microsoft team, it might not necessarily reflect, obviously, the folder hierarchy you have on the network drive uh, where you're migrating from. So I always encourage my clients to uh, create an extra library in those cases. Just utilize this documents library, the default one that's created uh, for you automatically on the SharePoint site. Just leave it alone and utilize it for the, those channel conversations, for those documents you, ex you exchange in uh, Microsoft Teams uh, in channels. And then just create another library and upload um, your file share uh, to that particular library or maybe multiple libraries, right? And just because you have multiple libraries or several libraries on the site, you can all link them together in Microsoft Teams. If you want them to be accessible through Microsoft Teams, you can just add a tab and link, create a link directly to the document library uh, that you have created. So just to recap, uh, if we use the security as the main factor for site creation, right? Anytime we have unique security, we create a new site. Uh, whether or not we need to create a new library is determined by the volume of information, primarily the volume of information. So uh, if you created a new site for your department, let's say based on a particular unique security model, the volume of information that will need to be stored on this site, the uh, number of documents, again, not gigabytes, but the number of uh, files and folders, number of items will determine how many libraries, if you should create new libraries and how many libraries you will have on that particular SharePoint site. So the last question I want to cover is related to metadata, all right? So question number three, should we be utilizing metadata on our SharePoint sites or should we stick to folders? Now, just like before, let's make sure we're all on the same page what metadata is. Essentially, metadata is just a way for you to tag documents or in your document library on your SharePoint site. So essentially the idea is that instead of 
putting files into folders and subfolders, you will create labels with particular values like a department name or project name or client name, um, due date, etc. And then you can uh, tag each and every document as you upload and essentially uh, tag them those documents accordingly. And the whole idea behind metadata is that it allows you to uh, sort, group, and filter information the way you want. I always use the Amazon.com example, right? When you go online and shop on, let's say, on Amazon website or any other website, uh, you typically have those filters where you can filter for information based on, let's say, uh, size and brand and color and reviews and cost, right? And this way you can uh, get precisely what you're looking for in a matter of few seconds, in a matter of few clicks. Same idea with documents, right? Instead of searching through a very deep folder hierarchy, the idea behind metadata is that all the documents are tagged. Obviously, the users need to apply those tags when they upload the documents. And then uh, if I need to find something, I can easily, almost like an Excel, almost like on a website, if I do shopping, right, I can easily sort and group and filter by those different pieces of metadata. So back to the question, should you be utilizing metadata or not? Well, there is no single answer, to be honest. There are a number of factors that will impact uh, that particular decision. First thing to remember is that if you utilize metadata, somebody will need to tag those files. It doesn't happen magically for you. The users need to tag the documents. And usually metadata, right? I mean, it, it's hard enough for users to migrate to SharePoint Online and uh, you know work in the cloud environment. Uh, if you have metadata on top of that, right? Sometimes it's just too much for users to comprehend. Uh, so you have to consider training and user adoption, right? And personally, I love metadata, but at the same time, we all have to be realistic that we deal with end users who might not be necessarily familiar with the concept. So uh, definitely, if you are going to proceed with metadata, you should invest some time into training and explaining what metadata is all about to your end users. Uh, the second thing to consider is that not everything is a good candidate for metadata, right? There has to be some structure uh, to the files. Right. If you have very, very deep folder hierarchy and files all over the place, it's pretty much an impossible task to create some sort of common structure, some sort of common way to organize all the files. It has to be something that uh, you can easily create a structure around. An example could be templates, right? You could categorize your templates, uh, for example, by department or template owner or policies, company policies. Maybe you can uh, tag them against uh, a department name policy owner, policy author, status, revisions, etc. Invoices is a good example. You can categorize invoices by due date and uh, vendor or client name, amount due, uh, etc., etc. So the bottom line is uh, it has to be a library that you can easily put a structure around. Another thing to consider is how many contributors there will be to a particular library. Look, uh, let's say I, I work with someone, with a colleague of mine, we're part of a team site, it's just two of us. Well, we probably don't need to metadata to organize stuff, right? I'm sure if there are two of us, we can easily agree on a particular folder hierarchy, and it's probably not worthwhile our time to utilize metadata. However, if you have like 10, 15, 20 contributors, it is very unlikely that we will all agree on the um, you know, standard folder hierarchy. So in that particular case, metadata might not be a bad idea. A few other things to consider about metadata. With metadata, you cannot set security. So if you, let's say, have a library, obviously there are no folders, you have uh, hundreds of documents, 
they're all nicely tagged and all of a sudden you want to hide certain uh, documents well guess what you cannot utilize metadata for that you have to create folder you can only create unique security uh, for a folder or a particular file so you cannot really utilize a particular uh, metadata column and say hey you know all these documents that are part of this department that are tagged in with the department equal accounting there has to be a certain security on them can do it so if you need to set security on items and you are utilizing metadata you're out of luck so in that particular case you might be best sort with folders onedrive sync is another issue you have to consider metadata is just a sharepoint thing so if you create all your columns in sharepoint well guess what if the user decides to synchronize a library to their computer the metadata will not be visible on their device metadata is just a sharepoint thing so if your users are navigating to the library through sharepoint you're okay because obviously users can filter and sort and group uh, by metadata uh, on the SharePoint site. But once you synchronize, let's say again, you have a library, a few hundred documents, they're all nicely tagged, and then the user decided to synchronize you know, to their computer and have them available right on the C drive through Windows Explorer. When the user goes to that Windows Explorer, the user will only see 200 files without any metadata, without any folders and it might not be possible easily possible to find anything because there is no metadata in windows explorer so you should definitely consider how users will access the information if they primarily access it nobody goes to sharepoint they just all synchronize it through onedrive sync and you probably should not worry about metadata should not bother with metadata at that point and you know stay with folders another important point to consider is whether or not you're using microsoft teams just like I previously stated, when you have a team and you have all those different channels and teams, well, guess what? Uh, it almost forces you into folder mentality. Why? Because uh, on a SharePoint site that is connected to teams, in the default document library, you have a folder for each and every channel. All right. So if you have an intention of utilizing metadata, it might not make sense. It might not make sense in that particular case. Again, if you create a new library, if you create a new library on that same site and maybe create some metadata there, that's, a, that's great. But if you create metadata on the default document library where already you have folders for channels, it just might not make sense at all. So this is all I wanted to cover in this particular episode. If you had similar questions, hopefully you learned something new today and hopefully I was able to give you some advice and tips on how to tackle those same questions with your end users please stay safe and i'll be back next week with the next episode thank you very much for listening to the sharepoint maven podcast if you enjoyed this episode please head over to the apple podcasts app and leave a review